they have not only been an integral part of this church, but they have been a model for us about uh, love that lasts and serving and just so much. I'm so very, very grateful for them. Well, you know, as we get ready for our time of Bible study this morning, I, um, I want you to know that, that this is so very, very simple. <laughs> so simple. You're not going to need a Greek dictionary today or concordance or cross-references or any other Bible study tool that you might use in your own personal Bible study. Uh, but the simplicity of it does not diminish one iota the value of it in our lives. How important it is that we receive this, internalize this, make this a part of who we are. Um, so we have to ask and believe and trust that the Holy Spirit will be the one who speaks to our hearts, our spirits this morning, uh, that he will give us ears to hear him and, um, and that he would move us, that he would reveal his desire for us to each of us. You want that, right? You want that? Let's pray and ask God to do that. Lord Jesus, uh, we acknowledge that you are here in our midst. You're here this morning because you want to be here, not because you have to be here. You're here because you love us. You're here because you want to minister to us, because you want to pour your life into our lives. And we tell you this morning, we unite our hearts together kind of with one voice. We say to you, we desperately need that. We need that. And so, Lord, we ask that you would accomplish that in this few minutes that we spend together in our time of Bible study. May we experience your love and may we experience your ministry, your guidance, your teaching in our lives. I trust you for that. I believe you for that. I thank you in advance for that. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. You ready to go to work? All right, here we go. Uh, if you're visiting with us, the last six weeks, this is the seventh week, we've been in a series on love. And uh, it has been challenging for us, and it's been um, enlightening to us, and it's been an encouragement to us. All that we've learned about this, in this series on, on love, um, would probably be the best marriage counseling that a couple could receive. All that we've been talking about over these last six weeks. I can't imagine receiving a whole bunch better marriage counseling than what we've learned together. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was just beginning marriage counseling for a couple who's going to be getting married very, very soon. And I began by saying, hey, have you guys been faithful to our Sunday morning services? Y'all been coming on Sunday mornings? And they said, yes, we have. And we've really enjoyed the series and we've learned so much and there's so much that we've applied to our lives. And I said, well, then we're almost done with this premarital counseling. Be because if you can, if you can, receive these principles and these truths, you can apply them to your lives and you can walk them out, then you're going to have a great marriage. I say that with confidence. I say that believing. One of the things that I would want couples who are getting married to know, one of the things that I would want to say to a married couple is, 
you can't give what you don't have. And until you receive God's love, until you experience God's love, you're not able to love the way God wants you to love. And the more you experience His love, the more you receive His love, the more you walk in His love, the greater capacity you have to love someone else and to love others. I would want them to know that love's a choice that you make. It's a commitment. We choose to love. That love is an action. It's not just an emotion. It's not just the what you feel like, the ooey-gooey feelings. But it is an action. I would want them to know that love is a skill that can be learned and a habit that can be formed, that we can get better and better and better and better at the way that we love. It's tied directly to our experience with God, the reality of God, His presence in our lives and His involvement in our lives and our experience of His love. And as we grow in our understanding of Him and our knowledge of Him and our experience of Him, then we grow in our capacity to love others. And this this way of loving, it it can be honed. We can get better and better at it. It can become a habit in our lives. I would want them to know that of everything in all of life, love is the most important thing. There's nothing more important than love. That's not my opinion. That's the words of Jesus Christ Himself. When He was asked, what's the greatest of all the law? And He was very succinct. He was very clear. When he said, love, love God. Love him with everything that you are. And the second law is of equal importance, he said, that you love others. Love God and love others. He said, it's the most important thing of all. And I would want this couple to know, and I would want you to know this morning, that we should love the way Jesus loved us. That He was a model for love. That as we experience His love, then we're able to understand how to love. And the way that He loves us is that He always accepts me. He always values me. He always forgives me. He always believes in me. I would want them to know that true love is not rude. doesn't demand its own way. It's not easily angered. And when it does get angry, it gets angry at the problem, not at the person. And it gets angry with this this desire to solve a problem, not to beat up a person. Love keeps no record of wrongs. And then today, all of these things we've talked about, today we kind of put a, a ribbon, tie a bow on all that we've learned by saying this and learning this and experiencing this, that love never, ever gives up. That love lasts. That love is eternal. That love is stubborn. (laughs) That nothing can stop true and real love. To get an indication of Uh, of this we look at the scriptures if you have your notes that were in the bulletins you received when you came in the door take those out take those notes out I I want you to do something for me real quick grab a pencil or a pen or lipstick 
or an eyeliner. That will work. Anything where you can underline a few words. Let's just run through these real quick. These are, these are choices that you make to ensure that love lasts. Choices. Love is a choice. And these are choices that you make. Let's just run through them real quick. Love bears all things. Underline all. Now, if you did bring your, your Greek dictionary and you looked up the word all, you would see that it is interpreted all. Without exception. Nothing's left out. Love bears all things. Love never stops being patient. Underline never. 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 Love puts up with anything. Underline anything. Love patiently accepts all things. Underline all. Love is always ready to make allowances. Underline always. You getting the picture? Love believes all things. Underline all. Love never stops believing. Underline never. Love always trusts. Underline always. Love never loses faith. Underline never. This isn't my opinion. This is God's Word. This is what He says about love. Love hopes all things. Underline all. Love never stops hoping. Underline never. Love always expects the best. Underline always. Love always looks for the best. Underline always. Love endures all things. Underline all. Love never gives up. Underline never. Love endures through every circumstance. Underline every. Love always perseveres. Underline always. Love never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Underline never. These are choices that we make. Love is forever. Love is eternal. Love lasts. Love is a choice that we make. When we go through difficult times in our lives, when we go through unwanted change while we're on our journey, there is one thing that you can count on in your life that never changes. And that is the unchanging love of God. God's love never changes. There is nothing you can do to make God love you less. This is so vital in our ministry as a church, in our mission as a church, in our calling as a church. It's so vital in our daily experience that we understand and experience God's love for us. It never changes. We have yet to get out of this mindset that God loves me according to my behavior, according to how I treat Him, according to my faithfulness. When God's Word is so very, very clear that we need to embrace, we need to experience that God loves me perfectly always. His love for me never changes. It is constant. It is steadfast. It's unwavering. It's enduring. It does not change. And we are commanded to love others the way God loves us. And we have found during this study that that is an extremely difficult thing to do. It is an impossible thing to do 
unless you have first experienced how God loves you. What we have learned in this study is not just for marriage, though there is no question, it is obvious to all of us that there is great application to the marriage relationship. But I also want us to consider today, as we have in past weeks, how this kind of love can impact our community. How it can make God famous in this community. How it can fulfill the mission that God has given us in this community. And so I ask you not just to apply this kind of love to, to a marriage relationship or even to a parenting relationship, but to all of those who you might encounter, all of those who you cross paths with, all of those who you have an opportunity to love, whether it's a neighbor or a co-worker or, or somebody that you run into, hopefully not by accident, at Publix or the, or the bank or the barbershop or the soccer field or wherever it is. God says, I want you to love the way I love you. I want you to love others. The way I love you. Jesus said to his disciples, a new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. How does God love us? Well, if you must, turn to 1 Corinthians 13 and read how God loves us. Because that is about God and how he loves us. And then he says to us, love others the way I have loved you. This is our calling this is our mission. This is our game plan. This is our strategy for fulfilling our mission, for reaching this community for Christ, for impacting this community for the kingdom of God. We're going to love people the way God loves us. We're going to love people one person at a time. That's what He wants us to do. There are some of us here this morning... You've been so faithful and you're here and, and that very first Sunday when we introduced this series and I ask you to come forward and take one of our leaders by the hand and, and just make a commitment to them. I'm going to love, I'm going to love, I'm going to love. You've been here since that Sunday and you made that commitment. And then Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, the Holy Spirit has revealed some kind of truth to you, some kind of way He wants to use you, and you made a commitment to Him. And you said, God, I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to do that this week. And you have found it so very, very difficult. And many of you, including myself, we have failed time and time and time and time again. And I think that I think what the, the challenge and the encouragement for us, what the message is about this morning is don't quit. Don't give up. Because love is stubborn. Because love lasts. Because love doesn't quit. Love doesn't give up. These four choices that we're talking about this morning, let me, let me just run through these very, very quickly. I don't think these need a whole lot of explanation. Yeah, apply these in your marriage, but apply these in other relationships outside of your family as well. Number one, love bears all things. What we're talking about here is grace. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about cutting someone some slack, giving them a break, letting them off the hook. No relationship is going to make it without grace. None. Zero. Why? Because we're all sinners. Because we're all imperfect. 
The person that you married is imperfect. And the person she married is imperfect. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all need grace in our lives. Love forgives. Love bears all things. Love never stops being patient. Love is always ready to make allowances. And love believes all things. What we're talking about here is faith. Believing in someone. Believing in their ability. Believing in their availability. Love never loses faith. I know that... that Faith is trust, right? And love never stops trusting. But I know the reality is that, is that there are some people in your life, probably some who are the very closest to you, that have done some things that, that have caused you not to be able to trust them. And I want to tell you that the, the application of, of this verse that we see in 1 Corinthians 13, love believes all things, love, loves always trusts, love never loses faith, is more to do with our faith in God than in a person. Because our faith is in the unchangeable love and the unchangeable involvement of God in our life. That's where our faith is. So when we, when we go through disappointing times, when we go through times where people have, have broken their trust with us, we never stop trusting that God is God and that He's provident and that He's sovereign. That God wants what's best for me. God loves, that, that God knows what's best for me. That God has power and authority to bring that about in my life. That God works all things together for my good. I have faith in that. I believe that. I trust in that. Ultimately, our faith is in a God whose love never changes. Love never stops trusting. Love never loses faith. We ought to believe in others. We ought to give them second chances. Why? Because God gives us second chances every day. And we're to love the way He loves us. God wipes the slate clean for me on a daily basis. We need to learn to do that in other people's lives. I know that's not easy. I know that's difficult. But that's the way God loves us. Love never loses faith. Love hopes all things. That, that is to say that, that love encourages because because love expects the best from others. We, we need to learn to treat people the way we want them to become, not necessarily the way they are. Speak that into their lives. Because people tend to live up to our expectations of them. We need to trust God, believe God for what seems like the impossible in others. How many times have I heard it? He'll never change. She'll never change. And if you speak that into that person's life, it is kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
Because that, that they understand that's your expectation of them. But we serve a God who is a God of miracles. Who is a God of the supernatural. Who is a God of the unexplainable. God can do all things. Without God, we can do nothing. Where are you limiting Him? We can love that way. I think a lot of us probably watched a lot of football over the, the weekend. And I, I sensed, I felt like I saw this on more than one occasion over the weekend. That a great coach is the kind of coach that when a guy fumbles the football and he comes off the field, it's a coach that grabs him and says, I believe in you. I believe in you. And next time out, we're giving you the ball again. And I'm expecting the best. I believe that's the way God loves me. And I believe that's the way He calls me to love others. To expect the best. It never stops hoping. And love endures all things. I think this is the iron-clad commitment that we heard Myron and Nancy talking about in the video. It endures all things. Agape love, God's kind of love, the way He loves us is a kind of love that says, listen, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you no matter how you treat me. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you no matter how much you change. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you no matter what. Aren't you glad that's the way God loves us? If He loved me based on my performance, He wouldn't love me. If He loved me because I had earned it, He wouldn't love me. If He loved me because I deserved His love, He wouldn't love me. Lasting love. It's persistent. It's determined. It's diligent. It's resolute. It's stubborn. It never gives up. That's the way God loves you and that's the way God calls you to love others. It's God's will that you love others that way. And if it's God's will, as we have said before, it's God's bill. If it's God's will, He provides for you in that area. He'll provide Listen, I believe there are some people here this morning, God brought you here to hear nothing but that. Love lasts. Going to love you no matter what. Your spouse, your children, friends that you, that you know, friends that, that you haven't even met yet, people that you just encounter, people that you just cross paths with. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you the way God loves me. I'm going to stick it out until the bitter end. I'm going to always be there for you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. Imagine what that does in a person's life who knows that you're going to love them no matter what. Imagine what that would do in a marriage relationship. When a husband is able to say to his wife, I'm going to love you no matter what. It doesn't matter how you treat me. I'm going to love you. And it doesn't matter if you change. I'm going to love you anyway. It doesn't matter. I love you. I love you. Can you imagine the freedom that brings to that wife? A freedom to love back. A, a freedom to be honest. A freedom to be transparent. A freedom to confront. 
Because she's thinking to herself, it doesn't really matter what I say because he's not going anywhere. Imagine two people who could love each other that way. Imagine how sweet that could be. Imagine how powerful that could be. That's the way God loves you. A new command I give you. Love each other as I have loved you, Jesus said. He calls us to love each other that way. His love never fails. Never runs out. He never gives up on me. We have to love this way. We need to love our family this way. We need to love our community this way. Our neighbors, our co-workers, that's how we need to love them. I believe it's what God has called us to. I believe that's our mission. I believe that's how He wants to use us. And so we get ready to conclude this series that we've been on for seven weeks. But I want you to know, folks, listen to me, please. This isn't one of those series where we're going to close the book and put it on a shelf. We got to keep doing this. We got to keep reminding ourselves about this. We got to keep learning about this. We got to keep experiencing this. We got to keep preaching this. We got to keep teaching this until we get it. Until we begin to hear testimonies about how God used someone who took a step of faith and they loved because the Holy Spirit said love. How they served because the Holy Spirit said serve. How they cared because the Holy Spirit said care. It's how we're going to fulfill our mission. It's how we're going to impact our community for Christ. One person at a time. Just loving one person at a time. Making God famous. I had someone say, this was in staff meeting a couple of weeks ago. I think it was, I don't remember who it was. They said, let me, let me tell you all what happened. They said, we were, we were home. I, I think he said it was a Saturday. We were kind of in for the day, but we had noticed that our, our neighbors next door, they were out in the yard, and they were, I don't remember, they were either working in the yard or they were having a garage sale or something like that, but they were out in the yard. It was a hot day. And sometime around the lunch hour, the wife of the house had to go up to Publix to get some groceries. And on the way home, she stopped and bought them all some hamburgers and some Cokes. Bought them lunch. And she got home and she took them next door. This was somebody that they weren't necessarily close to. They had always kind of wave at each other, you know, and nod. But they had never really met. They didn't have a relationship. And so she walks over and, and says, here's lunch. And so they began talking, and they began getting to know one another, and they began sharing about common things in their lives, and, and they started talking about spiritual things. And lo and behold, this is a family that the next week, is, they came and visited with us at, at church. Friday morning, I was having breakfast with one of my dear friends as a member of this church, and, and, and he was telling me about an experience he had had that week. He said, I was out mowing my lawn. And he said, I was kind of contemplating some of the things that we had learned in this love series and some of the ways we had been challenged and encouraged. And he said, just as clear as day, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, mow your neighbor's lawn too. And of course, his response was, nah, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because he already had in his mind that what he was going to do as soon as he finished his lawn was he was going to go relax in the pool. But the Holy Spirit was persistent, and lo and behold, this dear friend of mine mowed his neighbor's lawn. The whole works, you know, edged for him and blew it off and 
flipped and, and all that stuff. His neighbor wasn't home, but it was later that his neighbor came and knocked on his door and said, why did you mow my lawn? And the answer was, just to be nice. This, the, these are two guys that had never talked before. And so they began talking with one another and getting to know one another. And as it turns out, this neighbor is uh, Jewish. And, and, and my friend has this burden and this heart and this passion for Jewish people. And they sat and they talked for a long, long time. And now they've developed a relationship with one another. And now my friend has kind of earned an opportunity to share his own personal testimony and his faith with his neighbor. To share God's love with his neighbor. One person at a time. We can impact this community for God's kingdom. Those are two stories. Let me just ask you a question. What if... What if 400 people did that this week? What if 400 people did that every day this week? Let's take Saturday and Sunday off. We just did it Monday through Friday. That's 2,000 acts of love, expressing love. Loving others the way Jesus loved us, 2,000. Let's say there's only 50 weeks in the year. That's 100,000 people. Can we impact this community for Christ? You better believe we can. Yes, God wants to use you. God wants to use you today and tomorrow. And so we're going to keep talking about this. We're going to keep talking about this. If I preach through the Gospel of John or Revelation or whatever, I'm going to always remind you, we've got to love others the way God loves us. We've got to love others the way God loves us. That's what I'm going to do. That's what we're going to preach. That's what we're going to teach until we get it, until we begin to experience it. I know there's some of you in here. I can hear you right now. What about discipleship, Dale? What about discipleship? Discipleship is important. But I know this in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if I have all knowledge and I know all the mysteries of God and have not love, it's nothing. Zip. Nada. Worthless. It's not my opinion. It's what the Word says. And I'll tell you this too. I think the most effective discipleship ministry that we can have is sharing God's love with other people. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying you'll never, this is a bold statement, listen carefully, you'll never grow more in your Christian life as you will when you're consistently sharing God's love with other people. You won't. Maybe that's why Jesus said this is the most important thing of all. So that's it. That's it. It never stops. It never fails. It just keeps on keeping on. It's stubborn. I want to invite you to stand. Everybody's standing.